0: Today's reading is taken from Matthew Matthew 25, reading verses 14 to 30, on page 994 of the Church Bible. Matthew 25, from verse 14. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants, entrusted his wealth to them. dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold and see, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to one who has ten bags, for whoever has will be given more, and they they will have an abundance." Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them, and throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is the word of the Lord.
1: So, Let's pray before we begin. Father God, I thank you for this story, um, for the meaning behind it, and I pray that as we look into this this morning, that you would show us what it means for each one of us that we would be changed and renewed, and that we would go out of here carrying that knowledge with us. Amen. So to put this passage into context, um, the religious authorities are cross with Jesus at this point in time. Um, the crowd's response when he entered in for Palm Sunday um, was quite great, and they didn't like that. And then he went on to cleanse the temple, and again, they didn't like that. So this is like the last lengthy speech that Jesus gives um, before his death. And it includes a couple of parables um, that are meant to make people think of his coming return. And last week, Andy spoke um, of what it means to prepare. And he looked at the parable of the ten virgins. And this week, we are looking at the parable of the talents, as it's often called. And it's the one that's found only in Matthew. And um, chapters 24 to 25 have shown God as um, one of compassion, love and unwavering holiness. And there's a theme of judgment that um, sort of goes through it. And like this parable and the other two that he talks of, which are the parable of the faithful and unfaithful servant, um, the parable of the wise and foolish virgins, and um, this one that we're doing today, the parable of the talents, the time of the master's arrival and return is unknown, and they have to prepare themselves. And this passage talks a bit at the end about a gnashing and weeping of teeth and the judgment that's to come. But we're not actually going to look at that this morning. We're going to um, instead look at our investments that we can make in that time of preparation. And it's a story that has a lot of symbols in it. So we're going to break these down and look at what they might mean. Um, so we have the master represents Jesus in this passage. Um, his journey back to the Father and then back to us as well. That's what this is talking about. And then the slaves... Sometimes referred to as servants. Personally, I prefer the term servant. Um, is us Christians waiting for Jesus' return, each given something. The talents represent a blessing. Some people think it means money, but it started off as a measure of weight, and then it became a symbol for money later. And we often use it to talk about our abilities and gifts and things like that. Um, and if you note, know, when the servants are given these talents, they're treated in regard to their ability. So he doesn't give a servant that can't do very much a great big gift that makes something impossible for them to do, nor does he ridicule the one with less abilities and make them, you know, a bit annoyed that they haven't been given as much. He does it according to their own abilities. And even the one that only got one talent, one bag, it was probably the equivalent of 15 years' worth of wages. It was quite a lot. It wasn't a small amount. Even the one that got least got a lot. And in that, we could say delegating the responsibility of the kingdom to them. Then we have the return. Jesus' return to us. The second coming, some call it. And then the master sort of assesses their faithfulness at the end. And that's sort of referred to as the judgment that Jesus brings when he comes. So if we look at the individual people, what do they represent? And who do they represent? So the man who receives the first one, he goes at once. He receives this blessing Five bags and he goes at once. He's enthusiastic, he's excited. He goes and does something with it. He's been entrusted with a great treasure and he wants to do something. So he goes to work and he invests it. The film, it looks like he makes some wine. We don't know what he actually did. But he brings back a 100% return. The second servant does the same. He too brings back 100% return on what he was given. Then we get to the third servant. He goes away, he digs a hole, and he hides it. The difference, the first two then, they went off at once, they traded and they made something back. The third one went away, buried it, didn't make anything from it. And it makes me think that the first two servants probably had a slightly different view of their master. They knew that they were empowered, they knew that they were entrusted with something, and because they felt trusted, they felt they could go and do something. They knew that actually there was something they could do here. He'd given them something. He'd blessed them with something. They could go off and do it. And the third one, I think, was a bit scared. He didn't know what to do. He didn't want the, the master's judgment on his return. And he acted probably out of that fear. Now when he comes back, they send some rewards. And the two servants at the beginning both received four rewards. They get equal treatment. You know, he doesn't judge one higher than the other because one brought back another five bags and one brought back another two. He treated them equally because they both brought back 100% on what they were given. They were both pronounced good and faithful servants. To be honest, I think if someone said that to me, that would probably mean more to me than anything else. They were given an increased responsibility. They were given more. And they got to share in the master's happiness. And the third servant, we probably don't like to imagine what he said to them as much. Verse 24, everything we've seen before of this master is generous. And this servant seems to see another characteristic in him that we haven't seen, which is one of judgment. And it doesn't seem to link with what the other servants viewed him as. Verse 25, we see that he's a bit scared. He acts out of that fear. And we realized that he had no intention to go off and do anything with it. And actually, the judgment that was given to him uses his own words, back. See, I think the one talented servant acted in fear. And instead of having affection for the master and feeling empowered, he got scared. John um, Shedd says a ship, is, a ship in a harbour is safe, but that is not what the ships are for. And I think that can sometimes be the case for us. We're given something and we get scared. This servant was given something. He got scared and he didn't act. And we have to remember when Jesus is talking this, he's talking to the Pharisees, the Pharisees that have been given something. They've been given the law. They've been given the temple. And what are they doing with it? Were they prepared for the master's return? no. They weren't. That's why he was addressing them in the first place. And for us, what does it mean for us? I think we're all entrusted with something. Each of us gets something. We're given something. And for some, that might be lots of money. For some, that might be lots of time. For some, it might be the ability to do loads of sports. For some, it might be academia and a brain that is able to tot up maths questions quickly and things like that. We're all given something. But the third servant was disabled by his fear. Oh, sorry, I'm flipping around. There we go. Right, yeah, he was disabled by his fear and he acted out of that. And I think sometimes, if I look back over my life, I think that's the thing that's crippled me the most. When I've been given something to do and I've been crippled by the fear that says someone else is better at this than you, someone else can do this better. And actually, if you stand up there and you do that or you act in this way, you're just going to get laughed at they'll look at them and think, oh, do you know what? I wish they'd asked that person to do instead. It disables us. It cripples us. It doesn't allow us to act out of those blessings that God's given us. And it doesn't matter if we're young. It doesn't matter if we're old. It doesn't matter if we're male, if we're female, if we're, you know, as long as we're using the things that God's blessed us with, he blesses all of us. And I think there's that call on us to use those blessings. he gives us you know we don't all have a lot of money we don't all have a lot of time but we've all got something and that's the thing that when I was looking at this I think most importantly stood out to me the fact that he gave them each something according to their ability they all got something and even if that was one bag that one bag was still 15 years worth of their wage it was massive it was huge it was a great blessing and at the end, those two servants who had went away and did something with it got to hear the master say, "You good and faithful servant." They got to go and share in the master's happiness. They got to go and be in his presence. And I can think of no greater thing than when I get to heaven and God says, "Well done, my good and faithful servant." How good would that be to hear? And we get this time now to do that. We get this time now to invest in the things that he's given us. We get this time now to make a difference, to use the things that we were given. So let's not hide them. Let's not go away and bury them, because we're too scared. And I wonder if that servant wasn't so scared of what the master might do, (coughs) what he'd have done with that one bag. Would he have brought back a second bag, 100% return of what he was given? I think he would. But fear seems so great. Fear seems so big. And sometimes you just don't know how to get past that. But we have a God who will help us. So let's pray. Father God, I thank you that you entrust us each with something. That you give us each something according to our abilities. And Father, I pray that you would show us what those things are that you bless us with. That you would show us what things we can invest, what things we can do. And Father, for those of us that are fearful, for those of us that live with fear daily, would you help us to overcome? Would that not be the thing that disables us any longer? But instead, would we be equipped to go and serve you? To go and make a difference. To go and invest in what you've given. Amen.